we give them support to do whatever they think is right within the sort of activation experience, I think over time we might be finding more about like, here's another critical action that they need to do. And we'll either highlight that within the welcome flow right now or uh, potentially within the checklist. Everybody, welcome to Behind the Experience where we give you an inside look behind the top product-led experiences. Each week, we'll, you'll hear inspiring UX examples, proven strategies, and harder lessons from people who are actually creating and doing it and building it. Uh, and I'm super excited to also have my co-host here, Lila. How's it going, Lila? Hello. Hey, Ramley. We were just chatting about Canada. Are you fully fall, Ramley? Are you fully I, autumned? I'm fully okay. autumned. Yes, I am. Yeah, fully in. Well, we have another Canadian joining us. I'm super super glad super happy super stoked to have chris chichak here customer marketing strategist at thinkific welcome chris hey thanks for having me super glad and you are also fully autumned chris you're fully, fully... I'd say we're, we're actually mid autumned right now because wow. you know vancouver is having really, really right. nice weather these days so fully autumned is when it's completely raining and we're not there yet <laughs> thankfully so it's good yeah when all the leaves have fallen off the trees and yeah nothing good to look at anymore you can't see yeah. the sky anymore yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um well i was just saying before we started hitting record that i loved your title customer marketing strategist so what you know what does that entail obviously you know, we're going to talk a little bit about some onboarding stuff today, but what is that? What, what sort of things do you work on at, at Thinkific? Yeah, so I think the first thing was uh, when I came in was starting to understand the customer journey and then helping, uh, you know, both our own team with like communicating to customers and helping customers move along that journey and then helping consulting other teams, both in, you know, product and then on the marketing side as well with you know what is the customer journey where how can we segment our customers based on where they're at and then how can we develop communications that actually helps them accomplish jobs and that's not just like to say just an email it also includes content and then linking that to the app as well uh you know i'm the sort of primary user of app queues within the company so you know um that's part of it as well but yeah i mean strategist basically just means try and understand and do good work, I think. <laughs> I like oh, that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, I mean, on that, obviously onboarding is a part of your purview. And so how do you define success mm. for new users um, at Thinkific? Either, like, is there things broken up throughout, you know, starting a trial, post-purchase? You know, how are you, is there different gradients? Um, take us through even the granular things would be interesting. Yeah, totally. So we kind of dug into activation at the start of last year a lot more. And that was kind of by connecting uh, quite a few different teams. Uh, I was obviously involved in that. And the way that we sort of look at success there uh, is by the habit metric or the habit moment, which mm -hmm. we came up with. And this is something that continually evolves. But uh, we found that five enrollments in 30 days was a really good indicator that they're starting to see some momentum there. Um, it's a little bit tricky with course creation because there's so many different things that they have to get done. And from creator to creator, customer to customer, it's often not the same thing because they're building sort of unique and different learning products. 
but we know that when they're starting to see momentum is when they've hit that sort of like five enrollments within a 30-day window. We know that they're doing good things, that they're, they have some of the fundamentals there, like they must have a sales page, they must have a payment provider connected, um, they must have some sort of a product published. So I think that's kind of the, the uh, gauge for us. We're starting to see as, uh, you know, anybody who works in activation onboarding know it's, it's kind of hard to find that metric that is like, you know, truly the, the indicator of, of what's going on in the product. So we're starting to see that free to paid is, is obviously a, a good indicator as well. We get a lot of free customers and the more that are sort of uh, upgrading to a paid plan, um, and the sooner that they are doing that is a, is a good indicator that they're getting some value there. And then I think the way we've been thinking about it as well is that there's like a couple other moments that ladder up to that habit moment. And that would be the uh, setup moment and the aha moment. Um, setup is uh, one checkout start within seven days or within the mm. first seven days. So that basically means that our customer has had a customer or a lead uh, come to their sales page and start the checkout process, but maybe haven't necessarily finished it. And that just means that they've set up a bunch of different things and it's possible now for them to start seeing value from the product where if they hadn't gotten a checkout start or it was impossible for them to get a checkout start, it would also be impossible for them to start to see value out of the product, which is basically you know, in course enrollments or, or learning product enrollments. And then the other moment there was aha moment, which is uh, one enrollment in the first 14 days. Um, and that just is kind of the point where it's like, you see that come into your account, you see it on your dashboard and you're like, oh, I can get signups this way. Like I can, I can have people come in and, and start to purchase or sign up for my learning products. So yeah, I think those are, those are the main metrics that, that we've been using so far, but as I said, it, it's it's totally evolving and, and I think it always will. Yeah, as it should be. I mean, I really like, you know, what you said about you, what you're measuring, which is people enrolling for mm. your users courses. A lot of people are thinking about it much more from their perspective. Like, yeah. oh, did they create a course or did they set up X, Y, Z things? And you're like, yeah, I mean, those are good indicators that they're going to get value, but the real value that they get is when people actually sign up and do things. So I think that's a smart move on your team's part to like look beyond, right? Just, just that. Um, and something that people find super challenging, especially if they don't have um, like, you know, consumers on the other side sure. signing up um, can yeah. be tough it's like okay uh <laughs> crickets when is, yeah when is this business person getting business value out of my business right. product it can be a little bit challenging but you know they are there they are there it's just if you take that mindset i think that you have where you're like okay when is when are when is the actual human using this getting value out of it not me as the marketer or the product person getting excited because someone's signing up for my product which is Exactly. And doing things yeah. in it, which is very exciting, but it doesn't mean they're getting value out of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of that comes from us, like speaking to our customers and like really trying mm -hmm. to understand the journey. So obviously there's the data side and there's a ton that we learned from just looking at the data and analyzing, but then kind of talking to customers. And a lot of this came out of our, our onboarding study that we did in kind of Q1 of this year to understand like, 
what is what does it look like for you like mm. what did that feel like when you accomplished this and i think that marrying those two things the sort of qualitative and the quantitative was really important for us to start to you know understand the lay of the land a little bit more and how our customers are experiencing uh getting started on our product i love that that is planned out for the next 30 days you know like first of all onboarding is habit i think for people who are tuning in uh, this is another reiteration that onboarding success is not about getting them to the aha moment. It's about building this habit. And for you, it's cool that you found this correlation with five, uh, you know, user people who sign up to enrollments lead to 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 people sticking around longer. One of the questions I had was around this notion of a, a day one activity. You know, usually when some, somebody signs up for a product. Uh, we want to guide them to a quick win where they get some kind of value because setting up a course might take a few days and getting that first enrollment you said uh, could take seven days and getting the five takes 30 days. Is there one, a day, a day one activity at, at, at Thinkific? Is it, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about this course that you created for Thinkific, your first course. Is that is that it, somebody who starts that or is it something else that you're driving people towards in their first let's say even hour that they sign up for, for Thinkific. Yeah. Well, I think there's uh, kind of two ways that we go about that. So there's the welcome flow, which is right after sign up, they go into a flow before they are even landed in their dashboard. And there's a couple things that they do there, like sort of name their course, select what kind of product they want to create, whether it's a community or a course at this point, which are two learning products that we offer. And then there are things like, you know, brand it, select your color, add a logo, all of those things. And we kind of call those like a mini aha moment because right after that, you can preview your course player. And even mm. without content in it, you can start to get an idea of mm. what this looks like. And it looks uh, really professional. It looks like, like it's going to be a great experience for their students and they haven't even really done anything yet. So I think that's one thing. The tricky part comes when they land into the dashboard. And depending on who they are, because we have, you know, high level managers at, at large companies and we have, you know, people who are what we call sort of dreamers or like side hustlers that are they are they they maybe don't even have that big of an audience right now, but they have this idea for the course and they want to explore it. So those two people are on completely different sides of the spectrum. And that means that they have different jobs to get done. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing right now within the platform, within the dashboard is we offer a checklist that, you know, gives some structure in terms of what you can do first and second and third, but it doesn't force you to do anything in any sort of a, um, a linear uh, path. So right now it's, it's a little bit of like an a la carte. It's like, here's everything that you can do within your next couple of days within Thinkific. That's going to be really important for you to get started, but it's kind of up to you, which ones you want to choose because there's a lot of different things you have to do. For instance, you have to set a price. You don't have mm. to have a course before you set a price. Maybe you start to, you know, quantify value of, of what you're going to be able to offer. Uh, before you even get into the content, which then might help you understand a little bit more about the course that you're creating. If you're saying, okay, well, I'm just going to, you know, do a smaller course that's $50 right now, then you know that the content is offering $50 of value, not like a, you know, $100 recurring membership or a $1,200 course. Like we see some 
creators create, which is obviously going to change the, the, the path of their activation experience and like what they're building. So yeah, I mean, long-winded answer of just saying we give them support to do whatever they think is right within the sort of activation experience. I think over time we might be finding more about like, here is, here's another critical action that they need to do. And we'll either highlight that within the, the welcome flow right now, or uh, potentially within the checklists, but also to say that, you know, I'm a customer marketing strategist that's, you know, more involved in communicating these things and creating content and stuff like that at the moment, that's going to be for the, the product team to work on, but I'll uh, definitely have some ideas if they ask me. <laughs> awesome. We always have ideas for product, don't we? Yes, we do. Our, they love that's that. That's our thing. Yeah. yeah. That actually segues into my next question, which is like, how do mm. you work with other teams on the onboarding experience? And especially when you have free users, how does that all work together? Like, do you collaborate, um, you know, in different ways across the journey? Are there different squads? Kind of how do you break that up? People have a hard time figuring that out in their teams, I think. Yeah, I, I think we do too. I, I would say we've we've been successful so far, but we're still trying to find sweet spots and things like that. So I think the way that I work with product teams right now is like uh, I specifically in customer marketing as a team partners quite closely with our growth team and they are uh, kind of owning a lot of the dashboard and the onboarding experience and trying to find these wins around like how we help our customers be successful as quickly as possible. And one of the ways that I specifically contribute to that is on the strategy side, um, I've, I've created what's called a customer journey map. And uh, the thinking around customer journey mapping has been kind of critical to understanding, you know, our, our activation experience and activation entirely, because it's kind of the process of looking at what do they have to get done and how can we kind of like organize what we call those customer jobs, which is basically things that they need to do into different phases within the journey. Uh, and then so one of those phases sort of became activation, like, okay, within activation, what are the critical jobs that, we, that they have to get done? And we were able to identify pretty early on that there are some things that we're sort of like telling our customers to do, which maybe aren't critical to that, you know, five enrollments in 30 days metric or early success metrics in general. So it's kind of taking those out of activation and then moving them further along the journey and saying like, hey, just focus on these right now. So then that basically means one thing I created as well um, off of the customer journey map was an activation map, um, which is straight out of Reforge, which I, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that, but it's a, yeah, it's a, a UX course, I suppose, or, or just a, a tech academy. Um, and so Reforge recommends this activation map that is very similar to a, to a customer journey map. Um, it just like aligns, you know, product notifications, incentives, and people by the tasks that customers have to get done. So that was one thing that I came up with was the activation map and then basically brought that to the, the growth team and the product team. And we sort of decided on, okay, are these the right jobs? worked with data as well, uh, pulled them into it based on, you know, usage within the platform and all of those things. And then what the activation map became was checklists, which I think we'll, we'll show that a little later on the show, but it uh, became these sort of like in product checklists that shows 
the customers, all the different things that they had to get done. So it was sort of me and the research teams coming up with this map, giving it to the product teams. They sort of like figure out the the functionality and like how how the experience is going to work and all the sort of technical components within that. And then I come back in, help sort of finesse the copy a little bit. Uh, we have, you know, other content teams coming in and saying, okay, well, you know, for this particular phase or this particular customer job that they have to get done, they need a little bit more guidance. So let's create a video uh, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely like a collaboration. I think how we had originally gone about connecting those teams was through an activation pillar that we had set up at Thinkific. And that was kind of bringing a bunch of different teams together to really focus on building out this work. A lot of that work was completed and now we're kind of, you know, uh, switching gears a little bit and, and reorganizing again. Um, so yeah, I think that that's all the ways that, that we've been working together there. That is impressive. <laughs> it's cool that, uh, you you detailed all of this, um, all this stuff. Uh, speaking of the the checklist that you mentioned, uh, let's actually jump in and take a look at it. Like when somebody, you know, signs in to or signs up for Thinkific and they fill out their stuff, uh, you know, this is what the, the people would see. There's some, uh, you know, people can select uh, different stuff and, you know, there's videos and things like that. And obviously the star of this videos, uh, most of them is you. <laughs> so I was like, when we started recording, it's like, oh, I know this guy, he's famous. <laughs> uh, can you talk a little bit about, about this uh, this checklist? And uh, it seems like it's kind of all broken down into three, four, uh, I mean, four uh, core pieces to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so behind the video there, you can see in the top tabs, there's get started, create a course, create a community and launch and sell. So what that is, is kind of all the different things and what I would say, like the high level customer jobs that they might want to complete at a given time. So first of all, they land in the product. Part of it is getting oriented and like even not just within the product, but within this checklist to tell them, hey, here's why this is important. And, you know, the reason that it's important is because this is the most efficient way for them to get started. This checklist really guides them through uh, everything that we've seen successful early creators do, and it's helped of it's helped them avoid some critical mistakes that that some early customers make, which is you know putting a ton of time and effort into the content before they've really like validated that with their own audience and a bunch of different little things like that. So there's get started. And then based on what they selected within the welcome flow, they'll either be directed to this create a course checklist if they want to create a course as their first product or this create a community checklist, which is right beside it, or they can kind of toggle between both and see like, okay, well, what are the steps to creating a community? Is that going to be something that's you know faster for me to get off the ground? Is that going to be the more valuable product right now? Or is it courses? The checklist kind of helps them through that. So then basically, as you go through these uh, customer jobs, basically, which is, yeah, create a course outline. So it will guide you over to the course builder. And then you can like flesh out a, a, your first course within the course builder. You've completed that or as you're getting closer to completing your product, we'll take you over to the launch and sell checklist because 
this was a part that was like a little bit, I'd say like neglected uh, probably mm -hmm. uh, sometime last year, which is we were helping our customers create something, but we weren't necessarily helping or guiding them towards launching that and selling it. So that was a big thing that our customers were coming to us and saying like, hey, you know, you've helped me build this beautiful course, but then I feel like I'm a little bit on my own here and I don't exactly know how, what to do next. I don't have any enrollments and I'm feeling a little bit stuck. So this launch and sell checklist was us uh, giving them a little bit more guidance uh, around that side of things. So yeah, it's basically just, you know, a, a guide to getting started. Uh, and it also highlights the, the critical jobs and, and importantly, doesn't include anything that's not important. Um, a lot of our customers are, you know, professionals in their given field. They're not necessarily professional course creators or, you know, professional content creators and things like that. So they're like, I don't, I know what, I know what, how to teach what I teach, but I don't necessarily know how to build that and, you know, structure content and all of those things. So these checklists are here to, to give them guidance with doing that. I really love this. Can you talk a little bit about like, you know, one of the things I, I noticed was even when you click on Thinkific Tour, it's it's a video. So there's a lot of videos everywhere. And is this something you've experimented with where it's like, you know, mainly text-based versus, you know, like there's like this highly well-produced video uh, that shows you at the center to, to talk a little bit about the different products. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, well, so A, we, we have been seeing uh, a lot of sort of good data around how our customers are engaging with videos versus other content. And they love the videos. They're, they're clicking on them. They're watching them uh, all the way through. And then they're going and doing things within the product after. And I think that a part of that comes from the complexity of creating learning products and who our customers are. So our customers are, again, you know, um, maybe it's a, a, a lifestyle coach or something like that. And they've been doing one-to-one -one coaching uh, for a long period of time. And this and, and, you know, technology in general is maybe not something that they've really done a lot of before. And then having a video that sort of sets the context and, and um, sort of explains things in a, in a little bit more long form than we would be able to do with other with copy in the product or, or things like that is helping them feel a little bit more like okay this isn't crazy this is something i can do other people can do it and i'm gonna go forward and do that so i think you know that's the at least the hypothesis behind you know why they're clicking on on video content um yeah and then we also have workbooks within the platform as well we're seeing that you know, uh, there's definitely a higher engagement with videos. Another uh, benefit of using videos uh, within it is super easy for us to add translation. So we have a lot of users coming uh, that speak languages other than English. For us to, you know, translate other content or workbooks uh, is a lot harder than us just having the closed captions in another language uh, within the video. So that was one of the other reasons why why uh, we're liking videos so far. I like, um, so I'm noticing all of the, like, I like how you kind of broke down, this is something I've stolen from WorkRamp, but that bite size is the right size, right? Mm. So you're talking about how there's quite a few steps that they need to go through. So you've kind of broken steps down into nested steps. And I'm wondering, um, 
you know, is there a drop-off point where you find like, okay, we definitely can't do more than four, more than three, or because a lot of people ask us these questions, like how many steps exactly should I have in my checklist? And it's tough to say, oh, okay, this many, because it does depend. But what have you, what success have you seen um, with numbering and amounts? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have the data off the top of my head, but we definitely saw that, you know, the longer the list, the not necessarily the less that people engaged with it, but the the less successful that that they sort of became. Um, and a lot of the comments and feedback coming from the customers was this is very intimidating. Like this is this is very complex. It's very intimidating. So we have to balance that with the other side of the of the tape, I guess, which is uh, that you need to do a, a certain number and a sort of certain mix. Uh, you need to accomplish a certain number, a certain mix of customer jobs for you to launch a course that gets enrollments and is successful. There, There's not a ton of shortcuts there. Um, if you avoid creating a sales page, your customers aren't going to be able to find your course and, and pay for your course. Um, so all of all of those things. I think that's what ours is really dictated off of is like, okay, like what can they feasibly do and not do and be successful? And this is the bare minimum. What we have in those checklists is like, it's uh, the critical uh, tasks to complete to be able to hit that, that habit metric of five enrollments in 30 days. If they didn't do any of those jobs, or if, if one of those jobs was not complete, um, they, they are uh, not going to be able to be successful. That's interesting. And so I'm sure, you know, you also have a lot of people who sign up and, you know, hopefully not that many, but some people who sign up and do absolutely nothing. Yeah. What are some of the tactics that you take mm. outside of your product to get people back in? Yeah. So uh, I think like part of that is this um, website that we launched, which is yourfirstcourse.co. And this is basically a site that is now connected to a lot of our sort of like marketing uh, nurture campaigns and um, things like that. And it's very similar to the checklists, a little bit more uh, obviously engaging and a lot more content there because what we're seeing from those people and how we consider those people is they're sort of in the evaluation phase. So they're looking at Thinkific, they're evaluating whether this is a solution to the sort of problem that we've that they've identified. So they don't necessarily need a lot more content around, you know, uh, this is why course creation is right for your business because they've already created an account. Mm. What we think that they need is like a little bit more guidance around how to accomplish these things and uh, more clarity around that journey to success and what that's going to look like for them. A lot of times what we've heard from our customers is, well, how long is it going to take me? And obviously that entirely depends on their business and their content and all of these things. But this guide here is basically set up to help them understand a little bit more about all the different jobs to be done within activation or onboarding that they would need to complete to, to see some early success, which is five enrollments in 30 days. And if they are able to achieve that five enrollments in 30 days, well, they're starting to obviously see success and that starts to get them more engaged. So it's, it's a lot for us, at least in customer marketing, 
around helping our customers accomplish the jobs that are required to be done to find early success. And the hypothesis is that the rest will take care of itself because once they start to see enrollments, uh, once they're starting to generate some revenue on the platform, we don't need to fight for their attention. We don't need to beg them to come back. Right. Like they, mm. they have a business here. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind I of the goal it. there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And must be satisfying. Um, yes. <laughs> so what are some things that maybe surprised you when building some of these experiences, like, uh, either in a happy surprise or maybe a thing you thought would really crush it that was a flop. I know that happens to me a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, specifically, I mean, I was surprised at how engaging the or how engaging customers found the videos. Like that was one thing we kind of talked about. Like this was a yes. wild bet. It's like, would this help? And seems so far like that is helping. Um, I think on the sort of like other side of things, it's, it's really hard to figure out the activation metric and the, and the sort of like habit metric and then create internal alignment based off that. I think that was yes. a little bit surprising because coming in, I was like, okay, you know, first step is this and then we go on and that's not the case. Um, and Preach. I think that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. I, I think that's okay because it's we're trying to get it right and we're trying to do something that works for our customers and our business. Uh, but I did not expect it to be as 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 difficult as it's been. Although I would say we're we're on the other side of that now, which is exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. not uncommon, and um, good for y'all for getting through it because it's 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 hard. It's hard to get everybody to agree. It's hard for everybody to decide mm. where the value is and. A lot of people, every team has different priorities. So they think a customer finds value at different times and what should be the things that we push them to the most. So um, I know a lot of people, I think, come to AppQs looking for, especially me, like they'll we'll get on the phone and they'll be like, Lila, what should we do first? And I'm like, I need you to do a ton of research and talk to 80 billion one of your teams and then come back to me and then I can help you to give you some advice. But like, it's not that simple. It's not just, okay, uh, they do the tasks and that's when they see value. It's actually mm. um, maybe not complicated, but it involves detail, research, talking. Talking, uh, lots of work. communication. Yeah, lots of sort of, you know, preparing decks and, and bringing those across the organization. And I'm not saying that was just me that did that, but all the different teams that were involved in putting that information together and then communicating that and then communicating it again and again and again in a way to sort of create that momentum was was a lot of work. Totally, totally love that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of the experiments that you're running. You know, when I, when I went to your first course, that's you, I believe that's a correct uh, uh, it's like, this is what I saw, uh, for people tuning in, there's this three blobs, <laughs> a plan, yeah. uh, create, and then I think launch and you, before we started recording, it's like randomly before I saw you, you had, you you have the old version that you have, and now you're launching this way more beautiful, um, you know, there's this journey that you've been talking about on the screen where for people who are tuning in via audio or, or there's a line that cuts through across the screen and then there's multiple steps and there's you three huge milestones, plan, create, and launch. 
and when people click through it, there's videos, there's courses. Can you talk a little bit about like you know the process for redesign? Well, what was the reasoning behind this this um this redesign and um, you know the experiment for for this? Yeah, so I think I think it directly comes from our uh, activation metrics. So we had you know five enrollments within thirty days. So what are all the jobs that they have to get done? Um, and this is basically a map of all of those jobs organized by the sort of three clear phases that we see. So first step or first phase rather is plan. And that's kind of where if customers skip the plan phase, they often go kind of guns a blazing into creating a learning product that they mm. create the first version of, and then they look at it and they're like, oh, that's not quite right. It doesn't fit. Why doesn't it fit? And then they go back and iterate and iterate and iterate and a lot of our, uh, you know, early customers get stuck in that cycle because they haven't done the work of, you know, let's create, let's define my audience clearly. Who, who am I creating value for? And then let's create a, a content plan, which is basically, you know, how we meet that need. Um, without doing that thinking beforehand, they can kind of get caught in, in a lot of those loops. So that was the plan phase. Then create is basically all the jobs that happen within Thinkific. So, okay, mm -hmm. you've taken, you know, maybe just a half hour or an hour to scribble through some of these workbooks or even just like write on a napkin or a notion or whatever. Here's my plan. Here's how it fits into my business. And now I'm going to go into Thinkific and I know exactly what I'm creating. So I go into the, you know, course builder. I want to do that first for whatever reason. You create an outline of lessons and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, that's why the content is organized how it is, is just based on the journey of activating and, and of creating a first course. And then in terms of the, you know, old version of your first course versus the new version, it was basically just, we knew what we wanted to build, which is this thing, but we knew that it was going to take some steps to get there. So the first one was the MVP that we were able to sort of launch uh, in, I guess, Q2 um, as quickly as possible. And then it was basically go back, refine it, make it a better experience. Um, we want this to be something that both our new customers can use, as well as people who are just evaluating, uh, you know, the idea of creating online learning products and, and doing some research around, okay, well, how do I do this? What, what ways is it possible? Um, so I think in, in this way with a, with a great experience like that and easy to navigate the journey, it's, it's able to serve both of those audiences. Any other experiments you're in, you're looking at launching, uh, you're currently working on that you're excited about to improve, you know, that activation, getting more people to that habit moment. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of that happens through the, the checklist. So we have that checklist within the dashboard that we already looked at, but now we're using app cues to use a, uh, sort of like what we call a global checklist. So a little, uh, checklist, I guess, slide out that, uh, pops up within the different, uh, areas within the platform. So if somebody's new to the site builder, for instance, it outlines like the four steps that they should get done within the site builder. And, it's a really nice pattern because it, it's not really requiring any action from them. It's just sort of give, giving them a little bit of guidance, especially if it comes with like sort of two completed tasks and two incompleted tasks. So like, oh, yeah, I'm 50% done in the site builder. Maybe I can, you know, get those other two tasks done right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that follows everything. Like all of this is based off of, 
what are the customer jobs to be done within activation and then how are the what are the other way what are the different ways that we can support our customers with getting those done so there's the dashboard checklist right when they land in the product there's yourfirstcourse.co that we're driving them to through different you know um, methods of communication and then there's that global checklist as well um, so yeah i think those are the those are the main experiments right now for sure yeah, it all comes together when you have a framework to build off of, you have everybody aligned on the same page, you do all that legwork and that research like y'all did at first and everything gets, I don't want to say easier, but maybe faster and the ideas, I feel like ideas flow better when you have something to anchor them to, right? Totally. You you build more momentum a little bit more easily because you can you're, you're actually heading towards somewhere. And when you look back, you can see it all, all the progress you've made rather than, you know, switching directions so many times or any of the other analogies for sort of wayfinding. But yeah, it's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. It's like we, we have this map and, and I think as long as we continue to stick to it and identify more and better ways to help our customers get through that map, um, the, the better off we are as a team and as a company and uh, as our customers are as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what are, I mean, what, where can people find more about you online? Oh my goodness. Tongue twistered <laughs> myself. Um, can they creep on think it? Do you have your own course on Thinkific yet, Chris? Mm, that's a good question. I do, but I mean, so we all have to create courses when we start. It's part of our onboarding process. Um, mine is not good, but I can give it to you anyways. It's School of Hard Rocks. <laughs> Uh, dot oh, thinkific.com cool. hard rock climbing yeah exactly oh rock climbing um, cool. but yeah i really wouldn't recommend anybody go there because i i did that in one day <laughs> um i think i i'd love people to be able to follow the progress of your first course.co um and then as well you know if you want to see the work that uh our teams are continually continuing to do you can always create a free account within thinkific at thinkific.com uh, and then obviously I'm on LinkedIn as well. Chris Chichak is the name. I, you know, I want to be posting more, but it's not something I do enough of, but happy to, you know, connect with other uh, like-minded uh, activation slash onboarding enthusiasts. Yeah, watch out. I'm coming for you on LinkedIn, Chris. Nice, nice. New connection. Yeah, new connection. Gotta get those connections up. Totally. What is it? Blitz, Blitz growth? What does LinkedIn say? Blitz growth. That's growth like their thing. thing. I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Ramley, cut me off. No, it's all good. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you both. It was a pleasure.